Good afternoon and welcome. It's midday. I'm Tom Hall. Happy Hanukkah to everybody who's celebrating that this week. In every election cycle, candidates for office at the statewide and local levels promise to fund their legislative and programmatic priorities in part with savings from identifying waste, fraud, and abuse. Well, in recent months, audits have found plenty of waste in various state and local agencies. In October, my colleagues Rachel Bay of WIPR and Brenda Wintrode of the Baltimore Banner reported on an audit of the state health department that showed a contractor had cost the state hundreds of millions of dollars in overpayments and millions in lost federal dollars. Brenda also reported on multiple problems the Maryland Department of Human Services in their system of distributing benefits. It appears that thousands of people received benefits who didn't qualify for the programs that they were enrolled in. And in Baltimore City, a recent fiscal report card for the fiscal year 2021 revealed several areas of concern about how the city processes federal grants, inaccuracies in timesheets for city employees and other Problems. So joining me to talk about the findings related to the city are controller Bill Henry and the city's director of finance, Michael Moiseev. They're here with me in Studio A. Mr. Comptroller, good to see you, sir. Good to see you, Tara. And Mr. Moiseev, welcome. Thank you. Good afternoon. And welcome to town, because you're uh, you've been on the on the job just a couple of months now. So that's right. It's an absolute pleasure. And by the way, everybody in Baltimore and in Maryland has been incredibly friendly and welcoming. It's true what they say. Good. It's, well, we are delighted to have you here on midday. So, Mr. Comptroller, just tell us what these reports are. There's two of them, um, and 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 how they fit into the the sort of schedule of audits that the city regularly conducts. So both of these are audits that we do annually. Uh, One is the single audit, and that is a report on how well the city adheres to rules required uh, for the usage of federal funds. Uh, The second one is the ACFR, uh, which used to be known as the CAFR, but now it's the uh, Annual Comprehensive Financial Report. And that's the official financial report for the city of Baltimore. It's a compiled set of financial statements, uh, and it complies with the accounting requirements established by the Governmental Accounting Standards Board. Mm-hmm. And so these are normal, regular, yeah, we do, we do these every deals. year. Yes. Right. And what is the uh, uh, role of the finance department in this process then? Well, so the finance department uh, submits essentially all the information that our oversights need to see how we're doing, see that the books balance, see that our processes are strong, if they are. And uh, it's a little bit of a feedback loop. When we see uh, findings, we take those in and create change out of them. We use them to make sure that under no circumstances would the city's dollars or federal dollars be used inappropriately. And Mr. Comptroller, the the time frame that we're talking about, this is fiscal 2021. Yes. That's a, that's a long time ago. Uh, now it is, yes. That's, uh, uh, we're, we're, um, we're now going, we're in the middle of fiscal 23, uh, but this is the way that we have to do it because we have to wait until um, the year is completely closed out and all of the records are set. And so we usually end up effectively a year behind in what we're sharing. And that can be um, especially frustrating from, uh, from an auditing perspective or, or more accurately from the perspective of management trying to use audits as a, a performance tool um, because, uh, for example, 
uh, as we'll get into when we get into the depths of this, uh, some of the findings from this audit refer to um, failures with um, processes that we don't use anymore, that we have already moved on from, but we're just now catching up to formally stating why they were problematic and why we moved on from them. Yeah, so the time period we're talking about is July of 2020, which is actually six months before you took office right. even, uh, going through the following end of June 2021, right? And then it is that, is, do I have that right, Mr. Marseille? That's, that's right. And it's just an inevitable part of how these reviews have to happen. Uh, it's an important check. It's certainly not the only check that we, the city as a whole, use to make sure that our processes are correct. But there needs to be at least one point where an oversight body outside of us, you know, in the mayoralty, in this case, the comptroller, is able to just look at all of the books together, all the information as it's come, and make some recommendations. And I'll be happy to get into this later, but even with that time lag, there are important ways that what the comptroller's team finds can inform what we do. And it does take that long to to assemble the information. I mean, an entire year. That seems like it, a long time. It does. And I, for what it's worth, I've done this uh, not in Baltimore. <laughs> I've spent the bulk of my career with the city of New York. This is just how long this type of process takes. The year has to end, and then all the information has to come together, has to be submitted. What happens in accounting is there is a period of getting the books right, basically. There's a period of technical adjustments. And so all of those have to get settled and cleared. Then the information can come over to the comptroller's team, and then they can process it. So again, not the only check, not the only process that you want to rely on to make sure you're getting things right, but nevertheless a very important one. And Comptroller Henry, obviously the uh, the folks who conducted this found some problems. Um, they refer to some problems as material weakness, uh, and others they call significant deficiencies. Um, but overall, what's your reaction to these audits, because audits, you know, the, you pay an auditor to, to, to tell you what you could be doing better. Um, but uh, do, do they paint a picture here of, you know, a city in disarray? Uh, or do they, they paint a picture of, uh, you know, problems that are, that in your view, going to take minor tweaks, major tweaks? I mean, what, where, when you grade yourselves on this, what, do you, what grade do you give yourself? Well, I wouldn't go quite so far as to refer to us as a city in disarray, um, but I would acknowledge that uh, we did find uh, a number of items that make it clear that we have a lot of uh, work to be done. Um, we actually did not uh, do a letter grade, <laughs> um, even though I know that the decision was made to call it a report card. Uh, we like to think of it as one of those sort of new age report cards where we just give a lot of comments to the parents about how the student is doing. And um, we didn't lock ourselves into um, a numerical score or a, um, or a letter grade because it's not about judging us against other students. It's about what do we need to do to be doing this as well as we can? And um, we identified 24 findings. And just, just to be clear, um, all of our findings involve uh, deficiencies in internal controls. And so these are the processes and the records that ensure the integrity of financial and accounting information. And these are the things that let us or let any organization uh, prevent fraud. 
so five of the major findings were material weaknesses, and four of the major findings were significant deficiencies, which aren't as uh, severe as material witnesses, but there's weaknesses, but they're still important enough that uh, we need to give them some attention. And Mr. Morseyev, in terms of your experience in New York mm-hmm. um, and your you know relatively new experience with the systems and the processes that we have in place here in mm-hmm. Baltimore, mm-hmm. what's your take? I mean, uh, are these processes things that are going to be months and months in the in the changing, uh, or are these mm-hmm. things that mm-hmm. can be done? you know, relatively uh, fastly. It's a mix of the two. And here uh, we actually have the benefit of the fact that this was done a year and a half ago because now we can talk a little bit about what's actually been done. Um, I would say at a really high level, uh, I don't want to say that I was relieved to hear and see the details of this report, but there was nothing in here that we didn't already know about and were actively working on. Um, It boils down to we did not have a single unified system of record in the city back in 2020. And that created all sorts of little dangers that kind of cascade from each other. That means that all the different agencies around the city figured out their own ways to process federal grants and their own little workarounds. And sometimes those work, but it can be hard to run a report. It can be hard to figure out if the money was booked to the right account at the right time. And so you would see lots of little adjustments that happen uh, at the end of the year or after the year has ended to clean it all up. And that's what a lot of this report talks about. So the simplest thing I can say for how hard is it going to be to fix is, well, we've put a new system in, a new uh, citywide single system of record that unifies grant processing and payroll and contracts. It's it's called, called Workday. It's called Workday, that's mm-hmm. right. Um, and the hardest work, which is getting the money to do it, getting the buy-in to do it, building the system, configuring the system, that has actually been done. Uh, now, we're very eagerly waiting to see uh, what things will look like in this new world. And part of it is the system, part of it is policies and procedures, and that's actually another one that we have now done in the past year, so kind of past the period of this audit, where you write down what is it that you expect the city's employees to do when it comes to tracking grants. Part of it is training. You make sure everybody knows exactly what their role is, and you reinforce it with regular training. And uh, well, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but um, the most important part of it is the people themselves. And we did all this. uh, I say we. This was before I got here, but this was done in the middle of a pandemic, which I think is, frankly, brave. I am very fortunate that my predecessors went ahead full steam with this because now the pieces are all there. Now, coming out of the pandemic, I mentioned people, we are understaffed, we're recovering, we are going full steam to try to staff ourselves up, and that's a process that will be ongoing over the course of the next... Yeah, but Mr. Comptroller, the consequences of not getting it right when it comes to getting federal grants are severe. I mean, if if the reporting requirements aren't met, if the time frames aren't adhered to, uh, if the the T's aren't crossed and the I's aren't dotted, they'll take the money back or they won't give you money the next time. I mean, this could cost us, if we screw this up, this could cost us a lot 
of federal funding. That that's absolutely true, and um, that is uh, you know the best way of describing uh, the consequences mm-hmm. that we're potentially looking at if we don't make the fixes we need to to make. Um, I want to just refer back to something that each of you said, um, Michael, when he was referring to what happened before he got here, and you pointing out that the beginning of the period that uh, is covered by this audit was before I was even sworn in, or um, the current mayor mayor was was sworn in. Um, That is uh, one of the most frustrating uh, aspects of uh, trying to properly address how to deal with uh, the findings in this kind of audit because um, as you you know as you said some of these things have already started to be worked on since the end of the period that was being audited um, now um, I don't want to uh, entirely take people off the, the hook because the reality is um, also some of these are recurring. And so um, this, uh, this audit uh, continues to uh, put previous administrations in a very bad light in terms of there were several significant problems that went unaddressed for an extended period of time. But on the flip side, it was previous administrations that initially committed us to the idea of trying to use Workday to consolidate many different um, systems, uh, financial systems, into a a workable, um, I don't don't even know what to, to, to refer to, I, I'm tr- what what would be the opposite of a hot mess? I mean, we you know, we had a hot mess and because you had all these different agencies had, using different mm-hmm, systems, mm-hmm. different spreadsheets, and some, everything. There and, was and, all and, these silos, and they didn't and they didn't always mesh properly. It was very easy for information to fall um, into the cracks between them. And um, I I will admit that when we first started moving to Workday. Um, I was a little skeptical, not about whether it would work, but just it seemed like it was the answer to so many different problems. It seemed almost too good to be true. I, yeah, I, I, this workday, as you mentioned, <laughs> it, it's handling HR, it's handling payroll, it's even mm-hmm. handling the process of federal grants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it fully implemented now? No. No, we're we're still we're still building the plane, and we're trying to make it to the next airport. Um, but and 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 one of the examples that I would give is um, you know one of the the major findings we had was that the city had uh, significant post year end adjustments to its fiscal year twenty one financial statements, and when you drill down into that, um, a lot of that came from the initial financial statements that were provided to the auditors were incorrect. And they were incorrect because of failures from ADP and City Dynamics, neither of which we use anymore. Um, you know, both ADP the, being the a, payroll the service. Payroll service. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so hopefully all of these things will be addressed by a fully implemented workday. Mm-hmm. But 
that's still in process, so we don't have a time on that. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about some of the specific findings in the audit with Baltimore City Comptroller Bill Henry and City Finance Director Michael Moiseev. You can join our conversation if you have a question or comment, 410-662-8780. Our email is midday at wypr.org. You can tweet us at midday. WIPR. I'm Tom Hall. Stay with us. This is your public radio, 88.1 WYPR. I'm Al Waller. I'm Katherine Collinson. And I'm Mihaela Vince. In upcoming episodes of Clear Path, Your Roadmap for Life, we'll discuss ways to catch up on retirement savings and the importance of self-care. Tune in to WYPR's website and mobile app, all major podcast platforms, and transamericainstitute.org. And welcome back. It's Midday. I'm Tom Hall. By the way, coming up tomorrow, my guest will be U.S. Attorney Eric Barron. He's the federal face of law enforcement here in Maryland. And we'll talk about what his prosecutors will be doing to help reduce violence in Baltimore as new leadership takes office next month at the state and local level. So Eric Barron will join me tomorrow here on Midday. And by the way, coming up today, right after Midday, live coverage of the final hearing of the January 6th Special Committee committee is expected to make criminal referrals to the Justice Department of conspiracy, obstruction of justice, and insurrection against former President Donald Trump. So we will carry NPR's live coverage of the hearing today at 1 o'clock. And if you've just joined us, my guests are Baltimore City Comptroller Bill Henry and the city's finance director, Michael Moiseev. We're talking about the city's system for reporting on grants and other financial practices. To join us, we're at 410-662-8780. Our email, midday at wypr.org. To tweet us, it's at midday. WIPR. So, Comptroller Henry, let's talk about some of the material weaknesses that uh, the audit found. One of them had to do with a HUD program that uh, offers housing uh, for folks with AIDS. Um, And the audit found that it was, quote, unable to provide evidence that the reporting requirements were met. That sounds pretty serious. Yeah. um, So, the we found uh, that there were agencies, in this case, um, including housing, that uh, just did not provide the uh, evidence that we should be able to provide that the grant subrecipient monitoring was performed in accordance with uh, federal uniform grant guidance. Uh, that means they gave us the money, and we had to be able to prove that we spent the money the w- for the p- purpose for which the money was intended. Well, technically, we put the money out the door, and then we bill the feds for what we put out. That's a that's a reimbursable program, and um, but if we can't prove how much money we put out the door, we can't properly get reimbursed from the feds. So um, it's it's not a good thing. Either the city ends up putting out money that it's not getting reimbursed for, 
or we end up not providing as much money to uh, the the nonprofits and the organizations that actually provide the services we need. So do we know that that happened, that the feds, you know, we build the feds, but since we couldn't do the reporting requirements, we didn't get the money? We could not. Well, that that's kind of the point so of the audio. we lost out. We, we, no, it's not, not that we lost out. It's that we can't prove that we did it right. Right. That's that's the that's the point of the audit finding is what the auditors found was they could not say yes what you did matches reality in terms of what records you have match what actually happened. We couldn't confirm that. That's what the audit says. Yeah, and Director Marseille, I mean, does that mean this is just a process thing that, you know, uh, the next time we'll get it right? I mean, were, were there consequences that we can identify from this last time? And, and what can we do to make sure it doesn't happen again? Absolutely. It is a risk and it is a very serious one. It's the reason that we undertook the difficult work that we did to change all of our systems. So, no, so this is another thing that Workday is going to fix. It is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no, no, no bad thing happened yet, but it is it is a major risk. Uh, we are working closely with our federal partners to make sure that we answer all of their questions, that we prove everything we are able to prove. But if you go back to 2020, our systems were just not up to par in providing the kind of proof that we needed to. And this is serious stuff. When I started in New York just just a year before I started, New York had suffered back in, I think, 2005, the biggest federal disallowance in the history of the republic. It was about a billion dollars that, kind of similar to what we're describing here, we put the money out the door, everybody knew the money was spent, everybody knew theoretically we had the kids that were eligible for the services that the federal government was supposed to cover but couldn't prove it and uh, New York then underwent uh, many years implementation of a system that fixed these problems that's what we're doing here now and it may almost seem too good to be true that everything can be fixed with one system there's a reason for that Uh, we're not the only city in the country. There are many other cities, other jurisdictions, and they all have similar problems. Some of them are further along with us in implementing these kinds of modern solutions. Some of them are not. New York was an early adopter. Baltimore now is kind of a in-the-middle-somewhere adopter. And these products exist because these problems are common. We don't have to reinvent the wheel here. That's why we went out shopping. We found something that was going to work to fix as many of these things as we can fix. Like I said, it's not just the technology, it's the people too. You have to train and you have to get the folks in the right places. Yeah. But, but you yeah. know, Comptroller Henry, when you were Bill Henry Councilman <laughs> running for Comptroller, you ran on a platform because you came right here and sat in exact, that exact seat and said, I'm going to modernize, you know, the, the city government. Um, this is all part of that, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but it... it uh, the modernization um, has to happen pretty quickly. I mean, for example, as I read this report, I started getting nervous about the American Rescue Plan Act and the money we're getting from the federal government for that, $641 million bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the mayor, in his wisdom, decided to spend $10 million of that just on a person in an office to oversee that money. Uh, her name is Shamaya Kearney, mm-hmm. and she's directing the uh, Department of Recovery Programs. 
10 million bucks. That's a lot of money. When we have a Department of Finance, we have a Department of the Budget, we have people in place in the city. Uh, and I wondered why $10 million was needed just to oversee the grants. Are, are we at risk of, uh, who's, who's overseeing that? Who's overseeing the Department of Recovery programs? And are we at risk of forfeiting some of that money? Uh, wow. Okay. So that's several questions. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to answer some of them in this order. <laughs> um, the, Fair the, enough. Yeah. The, the, the first is, uh, uh, you, you really should have the mayor on to talk about, uh, oh, and we do why, why, every why, month, why, why our ARPA, um, uh, set is, is the way it is. I, uh, I can tell you, uh, that we did not have the internal resources to do the grants management for ARPA already in place in the finance department. Um, whether uh, additional resources were added inside the finance department or as a separate entity, um, that's you can talk to the mayor about why he made that decision. But uh, we don't have right now, and I feel comfortable saying this, we don't have the grant management resources the city really needs to have to do. And the, that's been the, the mayor's of, answer when I have yeah, asked him and, about that. Um, yeah. But that also requires um, a willingness to commit resources to that moving mm -hmm. forward. Um, I know that um, we had a number of conversations with uh, now outgoing uh, Chief Administrator Officer Chris Shorter about how grants management centralization was going to happen. Uh, we looked at the possibility of having a central, um, you know, a small group of people who reported directly to the city administrator who would oversee and track the work of grants management that was already going on in different yeah, it's agencies. Interesting, because the other thing the mayor says is, and forgive me for sure. interrupting, but the other <laughs> thing he says is that we're, we're spending the $10 million because of problems that we had in previous administrations. And he talked about the Stephanie Rawlings-Blake administration. That's three mayors ago. And he was yeah. saying we had, we had to give money back to the federal government because we didn't do it right, so I'm making sure we're going to do it right, therefore the $10 million. Um, well, but so now it's fiscal 2021, and we're still discovering those kinds of problems. Uh, Tom, do, do you mind if I sure. jump in? Um, first of all, uh, again, I think it's it's fair to say that this is this is a risk that we uh, have a lot of federal money coming in, but uh, we're talking about fiscal 21 in this report. In what's happening on the ground right now, we are building out that grant capacity. Uh, there's a very fair question of shouldn't that be in the Department of Finance? I think it should. I, I'm building it right now at the at the mayor's order. We are developing that capability within the Department of Finance. What we needed was time, and so we took some short-term steps even as we built out that long-term capability. Uh, yes, the systems help. Being able to report on it quickly, pull data, that helps. But also, and I keep coming back to people, some of this includes people who would help with central grants coordination, and we're looking to fill those positions mm -hmm. in the Department of Finance right now. And so as far as why would you kind of 
launch into ARPA? Well, we, we had to launch into ARPA. ARPA was there. We couldn't just sit by while it passed us by. So it was a balance of yeah, no doubt short, about that. short-term things. Yeah. And long-term, um, I am happy to say, certainly for the Department of Finance and on behalf of the mayoralty, that we are now committing those resources so that we're not being penny-wise and pound-foolish. We're committing the resources that will allow us that kind of central planning to Yeah, and, and Comptroller, um, uh, we have uh, one uh, mention in the audit that uh, there was a HUD contract for health insurance for little kids, for children. And and the stuff that happened occurred outside the time frame for when the grant was awarded. That's not a process thing. That's an execution thing, isn't it? No, that's also a process thing um, in terms of if you are under-resourced in your grants management, you get at, at, at some point you fall behind in submitting activities to be reimbursed. And once you've fallen behind, then you have a devil of a time Mm -hmm. catching up and you end up continually, continually or continuously support, you know, submitting items from previous fiscal years in your current fiscal year. Because if you don't submit items, you're not going to have, you're not going to get money paid back from the feds. And so you keep, I don't, want to quite call it robbing Peter to pay Paul as much as you've already paid Paul and now you've got to show receipts from paying Paul a long time ago in order to get money now um, to then pay Peter in this fiscal year. It's not a good, it's not a, it's not a good look and it's not a good reality but um, mm-hmm. digging out of it is something we do need to be yeah, doing. It, it is definitely not a good look. Yeah. Um, and, and Mr. Marseille, um, in one uh, mention in the audit, um, the city gave money, they, they reimbursed people without confirming whether the people they were reimbursing had done what they said they were going to do. Um, that's, that seems to be a very serious problem. To me, uh, that could even border on you know uh, nefarious activity that or people might you know, because we mm-hmm. hear about people getting billed and this mm-hmm. happened in the state uh, at the state level I mentioned it at Absolutely. the top of the show you know people getting billed for stuff they didn't do right. they're just ripping people off ripping the government off it is absolutely serious, and and just to be absolutely clear, uh, there's no there's no evidence here that something nefarious happened. But just the fact that it could have happened is a very serious concern. And yes, this is this is what happens when your systems aren't able to provide the check that you need to make sure that the money got spent how it was supposed to be spent. Because there were 40 grants given in 17 of them. Mm-hmm. The recipients who were given this money didn't perform the work on time. So again, that's not a reporting requirement uh, delay. Mm-hmm. That's an actual execution of the work. Nearly half of them didn't get it done in the time frame of the well, grant. Well, it's not that they didn't get it done. It's that we didn't have the proof on time that they did. Uh, but in fairness, that is a very serious risk. Uh, it is difficult to do what we are doing right now, and that is making this massive investment in a new system, making this massive investment in our people. These findings justify that 
lift. These findings justify that massive investment that we have made so that we can make sure that we don't lose these federal grants so that the work actually happens. And just to zoom out for a moment, like I said, this is not unique to Baltimore. Uh, this is difficult everywhere. This That's why these off-the-shelf systems exist. Uh, and we're working very closely with our federal partners at all times to do our best with the systems we have at any given moment to prove that we're spending our money correctly. We'll be able to do much better later. But uh, truly, there are, believe me, plenty of jurisdictions where there isn't as strong of a comptroller's office that can provide this level of oversight, or there isn't as strong of a relationship between the mayor's office and the comptroller's office to implement these recommendations. Yeah, and, and Comptroller Henry, the, the voters just voted on a referendum to establish an office of accounts payable. Um, how does that relate? Because I think a lot of people say, well, didn't I just vote on something yeah. about this? How does that relate to this kind of stuff? Right. So just to be clear, and for, for everybody out there uh, in, in, in voter land, thank you. Uh, thank you for uh, for, for passing that, that charter amendment. Uh, just a, a little bit of reassurance. There is already a an office of accounts payable. Uh, it is one of three divisions of the Bureau of... Uh, um, Accounting and Payroll Services, and uh, the Bureau of Accounting and Payroll Services is one of six bureaus in the finance department. What we're doing is, um, or you know, what the voters just did, is they pulled that little office out of the finance department and moved it over to the comptroller's office where we can make it a department-level um, operation and give it uh, an even higher level of executive attention uh, because we're you know we're able to focus on that part of the overall payment process. But by no means is that a um, you know a unilateral fix. That is that is you know just doing that is not all that needs to be done. But by doing that, it'll be easier for us to work with the finance department. And this is where I think it's going to be especially key, working with all the different city agencies, because um, our initial evaluation of this, and it'll be easier to confirm that once accounts payable is actually directly under us, but our initial evaluation is that a lot of the holdup, um, a lot of the slowdowns in the payment process come from the fact that over the years, we have added back and forth checks between accounts payable and the agencies to just keep reassuring ourselves administratively that this money really is supposed to be spent, which probably at some point in the past, each different layer of approval that got added on probably got added on in response to some misuse or mistake. Yeah, before. But now what we've got is a, um, it's like your arteries are so clogged with attempts to fix the process along the way that now nothing gets through. Next year, is this going to be better? Because we're going to have you back and we'll talk about it again. I'm hoping next year it will be better. And if it's not better next year, it means something else was wrong. But we'll find that out. And that's the key. Baltimore City Comptroller Bill Henry and City Finance Director Michael Moiseyev. They have joined me to talk about the fiscal report card for 2021. Thank you both. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Coming up next, the holiday blues. Dr. Lakita Carter of the Black Mental Health Alliance talks about how to keep the holidays healthy. I'm Tom Hall. Stay with us.
This is 88.1 WYPR.